ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão de culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão pela explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me tonight for episode number 365, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, we have 365 episodes. That means that if the world ended tomorrow, we could listen to one podcast per day and we could fill our days with Befica podcasts. What do you think about that? Alfred, I love you, but if the world ended tomorrow, I don't think anyone will be listening to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Think, I'm saying if you were in a desert island. Okay, if you throw <laughs> the world ended tomorrow, me, you survive. We're going to listen to me if you can podcast. That's right. right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if, if you were thrown into an isolated room with no other type of social media TV and no other type of entertainment, with the exception of a laptop, iTunes, with Benfica podcast in it, you can listen to one every single day for the next year. And then after that, it'd be rough. Just replay or, <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, like a little contest, put put a number in a bag and, and shake it and take it out. And, right. And whatever number that is. But yeah. How have you been, my friend? <laughs> been good, been good. How you guys been? Good, good, good. Uh, the other Oliveira, this one with the D, the D in front of him, Dave the Oliveira, up in Canada. Dave, what's happening, my brother? Nothing much. 365. It feels like it's been 365 days since uh, Benfica's last uh, last game, but it's only been uh, a couple of months. But soon, soon, I think already next week they're they're returning to the pitch. But yeah, it's felt like a long time. Couple of months. I'm trying to think through it, right? Because when they usually finish the season, the season they finish at the end of May. Then they're back to training in preseason in the beginning of July. So this is officially, uh, and, and don't quote me. I don't know if the Portuguese league was was uh, on hold during the world one of the World War Wars, uh, but obviously this is probably officially this is. Um, maybe the the longest time uh that uh that the portuguese league's been away well i think one thing we can say for 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 sure with certainty is that this is the longest a the any of these players have gone throughout their lives without playing football i would say that i think this is the biggest break that any of them have had since they've gotten into competitive soccer yeah. you know 13 That's 14 <laughs> because you get like a month off this has been well, at least three months right something, something like that march April, mid-March. Mid yeah. yeah. So about two, two, two and a half months. This is, I'm willing to bet, with the exception of injuries, right? Yeah. This is the longest that these, I mean, and, and don't, don't, let's not count playing in your backyard, right? Let's just talk about team activities, being around your teammates, playing football, that type of stuff. I, I would like, I, I think it's pretty easy, Alfredo. Uh, this is the longest these guys have gone yeah. in their lifetime without playing football. For sure, for sure. So uh, on episode 365, we're going to catch you up on, on the latest uh, on the league. Uh, they have set the return date uh, and they've set up the fixture. Cristiano, are you surprised at all that the league has announced the rest of the fixture? I mean, they gave you days. They give you times for the rest of the, the, the championship. 
amazing. We've done 365 of these, and I think we've complained on every single one of them as to why they can't come out with a schedule ahead of time. They give you, what, two, three weeks, and even then, they just tell you, it's the weekend of the 25th, 26th, 27th. We haven't decided yet. But now, all of a sudden, they're able to plan out 10 games simultaneously. Well, 10 games for one team, if you include the rest of the team. So just look at the, It's a tremendous amount of work, and, you know, I'm glad that they've done it. Just, let's just hope that they take – some type of lesson from this going forward and that they could hopefully make things easier for us, the fans, the guys that especially living on the outside of Portugal to have to book travel and do the whole necessary steps to go ahead and get to watch a game. Hopefully that, you know, this will give them a lesson, something that they could work on in the future. But it's amazing how, you know, uh, tragedy and, 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 and tough moments make you do things that you're otherwise not accustomed to doing. Yeah, that's right. So Dave, uh, Dave is going to run us through, um, Dave's going to run us through the list of fixtures and, and I, I, we usually set Dave up for this type of thing because he always has uh, some trouble with some uh, pronunciations. Uh, so we're, we're going to let him uh, go on this one. So Dave, let everyone, everyone know this get, you don't have to say the time, but I mean, if you want to say the day, so then we could, you know, make that a conversation point. If you want to say the day of the week in which Benfica is playing, go ahead. It's all yours. So let's start it off by next Thursday, the uh, 4th of June uh, against Tondela. Uh, location yet to be decided, if I'm not mistaken, though, right? Correct? These home and away games. Yeah, it would we'll be talk- a home game, for, home, home game for Benfica. Location uh, is still to be decided. Um, after that, uh, June 10th, which is a Wednesday against Portimonis. Uh That, again, uh, is an away game location to be decided. Uh, then uh, away to Rio Ave on the 17th of June, which is also a Wednesday. Um, then Benfica plays at home against Santa Clara on the 23rd of June, which is Tuesday, followed by Maritimo on the 29th of June, which is a Monday. So a lot of midweek games here uh, to open up the schedule. Followed by uh, Benfica Boavista, which is on Saturday, uh, July the 4th. Um, then on July 9th, Benfica, or sorry, Famalicão Benfica. Uh, and then Benfica Guimarães on July 14th, which happens to be a Tuesday. And following that, we have uh, Avs Benfica, which is also on the 21st of July. Benfica, uh, Benfica Sporting, uh, the final game of the season has yet to be determined. The, uh, I think it's the 27th, Dave. Okay. I think it might be the 27th of June. So on the last uh, round, all teams play on the same day at the same time. Uh, and I, I believe it's the 27th. But Dave, uh, we're always talking about who plays first, who plays second. Is there an advantage? You looked at these games uh, and determine who played first, Benfica or Porto, during these games, and tell us what you found. Yeah, so Benfica plays five times ahead of Porto um, the, to finish off the season, and out of those five times, they play uh, two times a day before uh, Porto. So three of the five games, they play on the same day, just uh, a couple of hours be- before Porto, uh, but two out of those five times, uh, they play uh, Porto uh, a day before Porto uh, does. 
which means that Porto also plays five times ahead of Benfica. So no, they four, four times. Four, four, because on the last game of the they season, all they all play at the same. Right. Okay, so four, okay, okay. Well, that took away my, my so, thought process was they made they evened it out. But. No, but this has already been a point of conversation, Chris, uh, for the discussion uh, in the papers uh, and then the, the, the legal orders and what so on about, you know, is it fair that if he gets not going to play five, five uh, going to play one more time before Porto, then Porto plays uh, Benfica. You know, so Look, that's, that's day, already been a somebody- topic. Somebody was not going to be happy, Alfredo, because if it was Porto playing five times, I mean, look, it's a tough, tough, tough job for these guys who are running the league and running the schedules to come up with every day. This is the part of, of Portuguese football that, that, that us, right, the guys that are really deep into it, that despise the, the BS going on on the outside of the four lines. And this is just another topic of conversation because, as we've stated, if it was Porto playing five times as opposed to four, Benfica was being happy. If it was now, it's obviously Benfica playing four times, five times instead of Porto. Look, can't please everybody. The league is in a tough spot. They had to make a decision, and it is what it is, man. Look, they're still gonna get to play at the end of the day, ninety minutes against eleven other guys. There's a couple of, of rule changes, and when and, and you guys will get into that a little bit later. But it's football. You understand what I'm saying? Just let's just play the freaking game and stop BSing and, and complaining and bitching outside the game. Yeah, so so teams have been uh, training uh, as a group already. They have passed that first uh, stage of, uh, can we say, deconfining, if you will, or, or coming back. So all teams have been, play, uh, have been uh, training as a group. We've also been hearing about uh, stadiums that have been approved by the DGS. The DGS is the Departamento Geral de Saúde in Portugal. Uh, so apparently they, they were looking for some – uh, some conditions that these stadiums needed to have. And, and one of them was obviously the locker rooms need to have enough space so players can distance themselves. Riwav, uh, for example, uh, they underwent some construction in the visiting locker room to make sure that there was enough room there. So they expanded uh, their locker room. Also, the ventilation system, all of these things have been uh, being looked at. And these are the only two I read about, but I'm sure there's other things uh, that have uh, they have to meet the, the criteria in order to be approved. So I'll give you the list of, of the stadiums um, that have been approved. Cidad do Futebol, uh, which is FPF's headquarters, that's been approved. And I forget what team is playing there. I, I, I know that there's a team that's playing there. Santa Clara is going to be playing there you their go. home game. San, so Santa Clara, who is obviously uh, as, is domiciled in, in Azores, uh, will be playing at Cidad Futebol. Uh, Estadio do Bessa Boa Vista. Estádio Capital do Móvel Passos Ferreira, Estádio Cidade de Barcelos Gil Vicente, Estádio do Clube Desportivo das Aves, ex-Desportivo das Aves, obviously, Dom Afonso Henriques, ex-Vitória de Guimarães, Estádio de Rio Ave, Estádio do Dragão, Estádio João Cardoso, which is where Tondela plays, José Alvalade Sporting, Marítimo, Municipal de Braga, Estádio de Luz, Portimão Estádio, uh, those are the ones that have been approved. The ones that have not been approved, Estádio do Bonfim, which is in, where Stubal plays, Estádio Municipal 22 de Junho, which is where Famalicão plays, Estádio São Miguel, which is where Santa Clara plays, but obviously if Santa Clara is going to be playing at Cidade de Futebol, that stadium doesn't need to be approved. Estádio Comendador Joaquim de Almeida Freitas, which is more, where Moreirense plays, and Estádio de Jamor, where Bolonense plays. So, um, Estádio de Jamor, I'm kind of, uh, you know, that there's been always a talk about Estádio de Jamor, Estádio Nacional 
as a stadium that's in a way outdated. Uh, and every single year there's an argument. Why do we have to play the Portuguese Cup in the stadium? Because it's, it's clearly outdated, lacks certain conditions. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised that Stadio do, do Jamor doesn't have the right conditions to play. And I'd be curious to see what some of those conditions are that are not being met uh, by Bolnitz. But I think it's only a matter of time uh, that these stadiums become um, available. Chris, what do you think, man? It's a, a race against time to have these uh, these stadiums ready one week from uh, from this Thursday. This one. It starts. I think the league, look, they did what they had to do, and I, and I, and I commend them for it. I applaud them for it. Um, if these stadiums do meet uh, the standards for safety, uh, it's, it's a tremendous job by them. And the ones that do not meet those standards, it's, it is what it is, man. You can't play those games. And, I, look, as, I've, as, as I think I've said since day one, if there is a way to keep the, the athletes and staff and everyone involved in these games, keep these guys safe and keep them from – um, you know, contagion or, or catching any of, of, of these viruses or spreading these viruses, they have to do what they have to do. And as long as you're able to do that and, and you could play the actual game and have the game and, 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 you know, and play the sport that we all love with fans, without fans, but to get this season through to the end, look, I commend them for doing so. And, and as I've said all along, man, suck it up. If things don't go your way, if your stadium it does not meet the criteria, it is what it is. You have an opportunity here to, to, to learn uh, from, from this obviously a tragic, uh, you know, event that's going on around the world, but you have an opportunity now to learn from these mistakes and you have an opportunity to go ahead and fix your locker rooms and maybe update your stadiums. We know money in Portugal, it's, it's scarce, right? These teams don't really have that type of budget to go ahead and, and fix their stadiums, but maybe this is a learning opportunity and, and it'll be better for the future, not just for the clubs, but for the athletes themselves, obviously conditions, the better they are, the happier athletes themselves will be. So, uh, hopefully they'll do the right thing in, 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 in the near future because, obviously, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. But by the time that the next season, the 2021 football season starts, these stadiums will all be clear by then, and they'll have the, 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 the required updates uh, done to their stadiums and locker rooms. Yeah. Another topic that's been discussed uh, in, in these uh, Volador, whatever. I, I forget all the names. They, there's so many of them. Uh, Ligador. Uh, is the fact that whenever teams travel to the Madeira Islands to play Maritimo, the refs have to be on the same plane. So Ooh. now all of a sudden this, this is a, a topic of conversation, right? Because if the ref is on the same plane as Benfica and Benfica will be traveling to Madeira to play Maritimo, is this going to be a situation where the ref is going to feel uncomfortable? It's, it's stupid, Alfredo. I'm sorry I, to cut you off, but it's stupid. It's asinine. We are like, as I've said, uh, Dave, I said it five minutes ago. The thing that we hate about Portuguese football is the bullshit, the BS going on on the outside of the game itself, right? And what do you do? You put yourself right in the center of conversation. You put yourself right. You make these dumb decisions where the conspiracy and all the BS is going to start. Why in hell would you do that? I understand you're trying to save money, but you know what? Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo loaned you his plane to fly these referees back to the Madeira Islands. This, you can't. I mean, Alfred, it just doesn't make any 
sense. You're putting yourself in a position for criticism. Even if a referee makes an honest mistake, now you're taking away the honest mistake for a Porto, for a Benfica. Forget everybody else. Let's just talk about Porto and Benfica because that's what this campeonato is going to come down to. Is Porto and Benfica mistakes, not mistakes, what favorable calls, what calls against, whatever. It's going to come down to that. Imagine Benfica going into into Maritimo. There's a last-minute offside, whatever, a crucial call that could go against Benfica or, or for Benfica, especially against whatever, but for Benfica or Porto. Porto's going to be complaining. Benfica's going to be – it's just why put yourselves in these positions? Again, these people making these decisions, they make some good ones, and then they make these ass-backwards decisions that is just going to lead to more debates and more criticism and more skepticism, more doubtfulness. It just it makes no sense, guys. And I know you're trying to save a few more bucks, but please, in, in what world does it make sense to send a referee – in the same plane with Luis Lipieta and everybody else on Benfica. I mean, look, it's just it's not a good look. Even if they don't talk to each other, which we seriously doubt that won't happen. Whole flight. But even if they don't, you're never gonna you're never gonna believe them. There's always going to be doubt there. It just makes no sense by them making this decision. And Chris, I don't know if they really have much of a choice in the decision because I think the decision might might come down might come down to the fact that. The, the protagonists of these games and the competition need to be quarantined until the date of the game. Uh, so the fact that they're going on the same plane, perhaps it makes sense, right? Because the players have been quarantined. The ref have been quarantined. So if they go on the same, same plane, what do you think, Dave? I, th- I thought the whole point of uh, limiting the amount of stadiums was to prevent the uh, cross-contamination or just uh, keeping it within two or two or three cities. But Maritimo, everybody having to go through the airport, go get on an airplane, share that airplane. It doesn't make sense that now they've approved 12, 12 stadiums to be used. I thought the whole point of limiting the stadiums was to limit the, uh, the amount of travel going back and, and forth and trying to cent- centralize it into uh, a couple of locations. But there's more, more uh, locations here that are approved that are not approved. And I thought the whole point was to limit like the, uh, the contact and the, and the traveling. So th- once again, the, uh, the league got it backwards on this one here. They got it backwards. The Maritimo president seems to have a little bit more power than we all anticipated he did. They, they, you know, they, they dance to their own beat of their own drum. They do what they want to do now so much so. You know, you know we're, we're going to get into that a little bit later. But so much so they want to implement, they want to allow fans into that. Like, they want, they're making their own rules as they go along. Just getting back to Alfredo's topic. Look, you can still, right, keep these referees quarantined, do what you have to do. Get them on a private flight, a small jet, right? Get them on a private flight, no contact with the pilots, nothing, just disinfect everything. And that, look, again, it comes down to money because that would cost extra money. It's much easier to just throw the referees in with the with the Benfica squad, with the Porto squad. You know, it's one flight. It is what it is. You, play, you pay for that. The easiest way to do it is that way. But to me, the smartest way would be to do it. Get them their own private flight. That's it. And then all convert or else, like Dave said, don't travel to Madeira. But Unfortunately, the, the decisions these guys make, they wanted to eliminate travel. <laughs> Seems like it didn't work with these guys. And, you know, for whatever reason. And so much so, now they want to put allow, uh, they want to allow fans into their stadium. And there's just this is going to be a shit show. Um, I just hope that everybody, let, let's get week one out of the way and let's go from there. But it's, it's yeah. definitely not a good look. I mean, we're also talking about, uh, I mean, we're not talking about uh, traveling in a carrosso. This is modern 
uh, air travel, right? To, I mean, you could segment parts of the plane if that's what it takes. You could segment, just like you segment first class, you could segment a portion of the plane for the referee and his assistants, right? Because we're talking about... Sitters, Alfredo? At least, at least, we're talking about at least uh, six, seven guys, part of the referee crew. Because you got three on the four. field. You got four, four on the field. Uh-huh. And Plus the two, the two, two more, video. the, the, the uh, VAR and the assistant VAR. Yeah, that's the other question. How's the VAR going to work? Is it going to be like one central from Federação Portuguesa, like maybe the, 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 the word you mentioned? See the, that football. Like, see that football? Like they do in like, you oh, know, yeah, Toronto, the, right. like those guys. Cave and stuff like that, one hub, and they just look at the VAR from the whole, you know, for every broadcast in the league. Or these, you know, because Not, of the limiting the, the, the travel, are they still going to make these two Poor slabs, and then it's not just that; it's the technic, the technical guys, the producers, the guys to implement all this, you know, the the, the software and put the, the things together. So it'd be smarter to just have them all in one spot, right, yeah. Dave? No, but that that's that's actually my mistake because the uh, the VAR and the assistant VAR have always been at the Sidat Ball, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, watching these games, so they don't have to travel with the rest of the referee team, if I'm not mistaken. I remember the the Benfica was playing a game and, and and they pulled the cord and the electricity ran out on the on, on the VAR right they, they like on the on the on the on the bus or whatever it was the VAR uh, tra- yeah trailer. but I I think the There's guys that are the trailer lo- outside but I don't know if that's the VAR or if that's like that's sports the production TV. Yeah, production oh, oh then my I thought I thought that they were in I, there my that bad. was that's that I think that's my fault because I believe that the ARs and the uh, the VARs are are on the Cidade football monitoring though so those guys won't have to travel but still um it's not too complicated to reserve three seats i mean we're talking about planes that have hundreds of, of seats here right or maybe something smaller but it's not too far-fetched to reserve an area for the referees with access to the bathroom where there yeah, can't Alfredo, be no you conflict you think alfredo think about this for a quick second right whether it's benfica or porto and they make this flight out to Madeira, everybody's giggling and smiling and blowing kisses. It was doodling, right? 88th minute, <laughs> Grimaldo takes somebody down in a box. They lose 1-0. You think they're going to keep their distance on that flight on the way back to Lisboa? Yeah. You know, hold on. Ay, tapa, tapa, Come on, Alfred. They will assassinate the guy. Hey, look, Sergio Conceição will chew the referee's ears off in the plane. Are you kidding me, bro? You can't have these guys together. It just makes no sense. For, for Sergio Conceição, you'd have to have the referee locked up in the cockpit. You ever watch? You ever watch with the fire uh, marshal. What's, what's, with the uh, air marshal. marshal. What's, what's the movie with Nicolas Cage? They fly the, the, the inmates. Something uh, con. Something, con air. Con, con air. air. You know, they have some guys with the with the chains around the neck. That's what they're gonna have to do to such a say something after the game. Got to chain his ass up and time to a bathroom door. I don't know, bro. It just come on. You think even with the you can't go past these four seats. The are you kidding me, man? I just it look, it's just it's it's not a good recipe, man. It no. is not a good no, recipe. But I mean, they could also safeguard by having a representative of the league. Uh, to oh, any any that's gonna over. work. That's gonna work. Yeah, that's really gonna. Sergio uh, Conceição went into to to to, to what was it? Stadio Nacional, Jamora, and headbutter and punching the, the 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 opposing coach and with a million people around. Nobody saw anything. Yeah, nobody. Saw anything. Come on, bro. These guys they turn a blind eye to these things. It just look. 
it's right now it all sounds so beautiful it's all perfect until that one bad call and then one of the coaches has to i mean it's just could you imagine Arbitro, voltarei, levou porrada na viagem para trás para Lisboa. I mean, yo, it's just, it's just, it's not a, it's, it's not good. one parachute used. Yeah, that's. It. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> the other, uh, the other piece of news that came out this week, and uh, this had been approved by FIFA and uh, IFAB, IFAB, that's correct, International uh, Football Something Board. Association, uh, association board, something like that, had approved it on May 8th about uh, so teams could use five substitutes uh, in order to safeguard against any tiredness, against the volume of games that teams are going to be obligated to play as a result of COVID. Um, that the Portuguese league finally came out and said that they're going to amend the rules to the league. So that could be included. However, um, they won't have a, a, an opportunity to do that. They have to do this in an assembly until June 9th. And they also have to get the blessing of the FBF in June 9th. Of course, the league starts before that. So we don't, so that there's a good chance that this five substitutions won't be available the first, um, the first day of the, of the league. Um, I, I jotted down a few questions that I'll ask you guys. And uh, Chris, how, how do you think that coaches will strategize having uh, an extra two subs? I don't like it. Before I get into that, before talking about coach, I know this is Bruno Lodge's dream. Imagine throwing three strikers <laughs> out. Now you get an opportunity to throw two more out. Forget it. We're going to go back to the Bella Gutman era, which was the two defenders, was two, four, five, whatever it was, the system. That's what we're going to get back to at some point here uh, to, 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 you know, to finish the season. But look, all jokes aside, I don't like it. I, I, and again, this will favor my club, my beloved club. You guys know, Benfica. We all love Benfica. It'll favor them because they have a much deeper roster than the Maritimos, the Bolonenses, and those other weak and smaller clubs. It just favors the big boys. And I get the, you know, we're trying to, to keep guys fresh. We're trying to keep guys from getting hurt. But look, man, at the end of the day, it's part of football, right? You're putting you're, – you're taking on a greater risk. You're putting human beings – out there with the risk of catching a coronavirus and actually dying, that should be your number one priority, your number one risk. That should be the number one thing you should be focusing on. If a guy pulls a muscle, he pulls a muscle. It's part of football. Yeah, we don't want to see these guys drop drop like flies, but at the end of the day, all you're doing is helping out the bigger teams, the teams with the deeper budgets, the teams with the deeper ro rosters. This is not a good look. It's a huge advantage for a team like Benfica, for a team like Football Porto, going up against the Santa Claras of the world, teams who struggle to field eight or nine decent players. And now these Benfica is going to have an opportunity to use 16 players. I mean, it's it's it's, it's an absolute, um, you know, uh, dream come true for these coaches of these big clubs. So I don't like it at all. As far as strategy, Alfredo, it's 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 very interesting. Obviously, you know that a team like Benfica is going to try to come in and, and, and put more attacking options because at the end of the day, he's only going to need to go to those substitutions if things aren't going well for the club at the time. And, you know, and the other way to look at it is maybe there's autism in the world and these, these young kids that are really struggling to get playing time. Now they'll get an opportunity to come into the game, you know, get some minutes, get some, some experience under their belts. So there's different ways to look at it, but I do think at the end of the day, it'll be more of an advantage. I think that Bruno Lage will be looking at it as an, op an opportunity to carry 
guys with a particular skill set attacking more so than defending anything else because if the game is really tight down the line, you know, like I said before, he could throw in five strikers. I mean, I think he'll love that. Yeah. And, Dave, uh, five, five substitutions. Um, so you could change basically half the field players, and we have seen that example in preseason. And we've often seen a dip in quality, almost a watered down. Uh, do you think that five will be an advantage for a team, or do you think that's too much tinkering with the team chemistry? It's gonna. It's hard to say, right? Um, like we have the examples, like you said, uh, in the past during uh, the summertime in the uh, the training sessions. But it's hard to to tell whether or not that's because it's a it's a an exhibition game and the game doesn't matter and the players. Uh, mentalities are, are taken uh taking a hit because it is an exhibition game um but with these these five substitutions potentially up to five uh substitutions uh it's going to come down to see you're going to really see who uh who has the chemistry uh on the training grounds and if that can be produced on on the pitch as well right because that is a lot of uh, a lot of tinkering and if these players aren't used to playing with uh certain guys that are being subbed in it, it it leads you to believe that it is going to show on, on the pitch uh, during the game uh, game time. But uh, I don't know. Only time will tell. We've already seen it uh, in German, uh, in the German league. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, no, there's only uh, specific times yeah. that they can make these substitutions as well. So you can't use the, uh, the time-wasting tactic uh, to burn uh, five subs right at the end of the game. But uh, yeah, it's something new to, uh, to keep an eye out for sure with the news uh, at the beginning of the season here. Yeah, know. so the the, substitu the available substitutes will go from seven. Uh, I'm sorry, they'll go from, uh, right, seven to nine players. And Cristiano, maybe Samadis will make the bench more often. Yeah, Zivkovic might make an appearance. Yeah, you that. never know. I mean, Alfredo. You know I like to do this to you. What what do you, what's your opinion? What do you think? Um I I think that it needs to be uh extremely well managed, right? I think that having those periods where you can only make substitutions during these periods in order uh for coaches not to take advantage and eat up the clock, I think that's that's uh it's it, it needs to be done, right? They shouldn't be used uh to a team's advantage in terms of eating up the clock. I do understand um, that there's a level of freshness that you need to keep in the players, but the way the, the way this league was set up uh, because of playing midweek uh, and the days between games, I think we're looking at six, seven days between each game for Benfica, at least. With the exception of a couple of games, every other game's pretty much spaced out. Right. So that it's no different than playing in Europe. I do get that in the beginning of the season and after a, a two-and-a-half-month layoff, uh, there's going to be some injuries, and we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, as we have seen in the Bundesliga. So I do understand that. So perhaps a couple of those substitutions are held up just in case there's an injury and a player needs to come out. Uh, just like they would use uh, an extra substitution for... I think they, they can make a, a, a case if there's a, a goalie that gets injured to make an extra substitution. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking of the, of the wrong league or something. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's – but Cristiano hit the nail on the head. I mean, we've already seen three forwards. Uh, five forwards will be, uh, will be incredible. 
Dream come true, baby. <laughs> so turn our, turning our attention to uh, Benfica now. So that, as mentioned, a uh, team has been working in a group. They have been working at... Uh, they have had some sessions at Stade Illusion in order to reacclimate themselves with, uh, with the stadium. And also, look, it's a perfect setting, right? Because game day, you have fans. Now game days, you are not going to have fans. So you're preparing with the atmosphere with the right atmosphere which is no one in the stands uh so let the players get acclimated to what it feels like to have no one in the stands right the communication aspect of it everything uh aspect of it because uh a stadium is a very different from when you have fans and when you don't um gabriel is healthy Cristiano, what happens to Benfica's midfield with gabriel healthy They'll do what I've been asking to do all year. Hopefully we've moved it up, up to the second striker role. Now you got Gabriel alongside Vigo and let those two do their thing in the midfield. We know how important Gabriel has been. I mean, when Gabriel is not on the, uh, on the field, it's a totally different team. We look, just look at the stats. Look at the numbers. Goal suffer with Gabriel on the field with, 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 when compared to when he's not on the field. I think he's a tremendous, tremendous asset for Benfica, even though he did not play anywhere near what he did last season for Benfica. We all know now the reason why he had a problem with his vision, whatever it was, the, the, the health problems he was, he was suffering through. So hopefully he put that behind him and he becomes that same influential player that we were accustomed to seeing last season. And now hopefully that frees up Adel Tarap. Then we see Tarap take Shikinu's spot. Shikinu's a nice little player, but not a player at this caliber, not a player that, that I believe can be a starter. I mean, at least not yet. Maybe he could grow into that in the next couple of years with experience. Uh, but right now, I think, I think Adel Tarap is the adequate player to take over that role. And hopefully uh, Bruno Lage does indeed do that. I think it's just, it, it's, it's, it's the ideal thing to do. A common sense here because it's, I think Gabriel needs to be on the field. Vigo's $20 million transfer. He's not going to go to the bench. And then at the end of the day, what are you going to do with El Terap? I don't think you could justify relegating him to the bench, especially what you've seen from him throughout most of the season. Alongside PZ, PZ had a tremendous start, but then faded down the, down the end. I think El Terap has been as consistent as anyone on this team, and he's absolutely, uh, you know, or he absolutely warrants to be in a starting lineup, at least given a chance to play in that secondary striker role. Let's see what he could do. Um, and then from there, we know Brunelage will have a tough decision on his hand. But for now, I just don't think you could take El Terap out of the field. Yeah, I agree with you, but the, my my biggest question in regards to Delta Rapt is that he hasn't been as effective uh, in the second striker role as he has been coming from deep. You're right, and, and one of the arguments I had when when that did happen was a lot of those times Gabriel wasn't on the field, and there was no one. It was either Samadis and a Florentino. A lot of those times, if you remember, this is before Vigo got there, and what happened with both of those guys—the criticism that I've, I've, I think I've shared many, 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 many times here on the podcast, which was those guys are tremendous defensively. Those guys are going to put in the work rate, but with the ball, their feet—they don't give you much going forward. And I think with that, there was a failure there to get the ball to a delta opt in the position up the field where he needed to be productive. Therefore, he'd either have to drop back and be out of position when he did touch the ball, it, he wasn't effective because he wasn't in the danger zone. And, and it, so he had to, 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 you know, to come back and there's nobody else to give him the ball at the time. Now, hopefully with a Gabriel in there, he doesn't really have to come back that much because we know Gabriel can spread the ball and control the midfield at, at will. So I think the key will be get the ball to Gabriel, Gabriel find to opt in the danger spots, in the danger zones, and then Tarap from there will will create and get his cracks on goal or, or set up Vinicius or, or PZ or Rafa coming from the outside. So I think with the right service, 
with the right players behind Adel Trapp, giving him that service where he doesn't have to really come out of that position so much, Alfredo, I think it'll be key. And I think the key to that will be a Gabriel. Dave, do you think that Lodge is going to use this mini preseason uh, to work on some of the aspects that Cristiano was talking about or and make some 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 major changes or you think he's just going to go with what he was doing and just make a few tweaks? It's hard to say because uh, we can't really – what was what was working in March and working, I use that term loosely, because nothing was working um, in March and February for this, uh, this team. Uh, but two and a half months have gone by, right? Uh, we don't know what players are in form. Right now everybody's starting, I would feel like, at a blank, uh, a blank space or a blank canvas. So um, – I I think it's going to come to what Laj sees on the on the training pitch and uh, what players there are impressing him at training because it's hard. I I wouldn't want to make a decision based on what we've seen uh, in March because uh, two and a half months have gone by and players lose their form in an instant like that. So uh, I think he'll have to keep an eye on what he's seeing and uh, liking on the the training pitch and uh, make his uh, lineup based on what he's uh, seeing. If you, if you rewind things back to March, I think Alfredo was the first one really to start calling out for giving, uh, giving PZ a rest, giving Grimaldo a rest, giving even Ferro a rest because Ferro had gone through such a tough time. But the, the, the other options on the team at the time, for some reason or another, Brun Lage wasn't trusting them as much. And so we called for, for some type of break for these guys. And look, none of us. Never expected to be where we're at now with this, with this terrible tragedy affecting the world. But at the end of the day, I think this will really benefit Benfica because you're going to have a fresh Grimaldo, you're going to have a fresh PZ Gabriel's back in the fold. I know Almeida's back, but he's he's still iffy. There's not 100% as you know as to whether he's going to be able to contribute early on or not. But I do think that this is going to give a fresh start and re-energize a lot of these guys on the team. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully Dave will change that tune from your, you know, not not a very lot was if that even makes sense not a very lot was working at the time to hopefully with rest and these guys being fresh a lot of a lot of that football get back in their legs from what we saw early on in the, the beginning of the season yeah, we all know that uh, pizzi at the beginning of the uh, season is a is a machina so maybe this is a new season <laughs> for him so he'll uh, he'll come out in flying colors just in time to uh, finish off the season yeah i mean according to him he was he was having the best period of his season uh, right as this uh, coronavirus uh, came down. His career. Uh, out of the season. Oh, his career? Oh, even better. Uh, but, Cristiano, David had, had mentioned something that, that's very interesting, right? And in this case, a clean slate, right? So our forward choices, our forward line choices, uh, Vinicius Seferovic, Diego Souza. Diego Souza had come in in a winter transfer window. Uh, now he gets almost he gets a reset. He gets to compete or start training, go through this mini preseason uh, at the same time as Seferovic, uh, at the same time as Vinicius. Do you think that the spot is up for grabs, or do you think that Vinicius, because he has such a a big market and people have been talking about, is the guy that Lodge sticks with? Look, look, the, the, the right thing to say is, just like Dave said, everyone's a clean slate. We all start from the beginning. But don't, don't think for a second that there are Vaca Sagradas on, 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 this, on this roster. And, and, and not to say he is one of those, but based on his play, 
right now he is one of those Vaca Sagradas. He's going to be the first, you know, uh, striker uh, on, on, the, on the team sheet from Brunelange, and that's Vinicius. He's going to get the first crack. And then from there, I think that the battle will be between us, Ferovic and Diego Souza. I think that those two might be even started coming out of the gate, but I think that Vinicius is by far and away um, – the, the first choice, and I think he's, you know, I, I think he's the first choice. I think he's warranted that based on his play. Now, the rest of the roster, it is what it is. Look, as I said, it's the right thing to say, but we know certain guys are – PZ's not fighting with anybody. Rafa, if these guys are healthy, I mean, it was a clean slate, Alfredo. <laughs> They're starting. Yeah. There is nothing. I mean, who are they competing with? Has, Ruben, has, who's he competing with? <laughs> has Servi done enough to, uh, to fight with, no. uh, with, Pete, no, because, with Rafa? The one thing we've always said, when Rafa is healthy, right, he's a tremendous player. And I like to think with two and a half months of a break here, I like to think that whatever injuries or whatever uh, things he was dealing with at the time, I like to think he's over those. Same thing with a Svetovic who had surgery, and this came at the right time. He's had plenty of time to, to, to recover, and I, I like to think he's going to be 100% uh, not to kick off the, the remaining of the season here. So I, I think the, the lineup speaks for itself. I think for – Really, uh, with the exception of right back, and that's I mean, that's really the only spot that's ever got a goalkeeper. Vlako Dimas, he's I mean, he's a starter, right? Uh, Grimaldo, he's a starter. Ferro, there's no other option. I mean, Jardel will be healthy now, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Ferro, regardless. Ruben Diaz, I mean, that's no need to even talk about it. Vigo, Gabriel, uh, Pizzi, Rafa, Vinicius, Tarapt, I mean. At the end of the day, it's do you really think it's going to be a competition between Terapt and Shikini? I don't think so. I think that the roster, you know, barring any injury, that's that's your starting 11, and that's who you're rocking with, right? Uh, be curious to see uh, what, what happens and if anybody gets uh, has an advantage as a result of having a clean slate and everyone starting at the same point. Obviously, what you mentioned, there's some guys that have a reserve spot, and there's a core group of guys that Elijah is always going to uh, turn to. Um, empty stands, Dave. Weight of the shirt lightens, you think? Uh, playing well, playing at home uh, with no, no fans. Yeah, I don't see um, the the pressure. Well, because we saw again going back to February and March when this team was going through uh, its uh, worst spell of the uh, season, you could tell that the weight of the shirt was catching up to these uh, guys, and they were feeling it. Uh, P team with the missed penalties um, and just guys just missing on, on uh, open. Uh, clear goal uh, chances there. You could see that it was um, weighing on them. But I think empty stands and uh, a clean clean slate uh, two, mo- two and a half months off, I think they're going uh, to be okay and they won't feel the pressure uh, at the beginning. Going down the stretch as the uh, season wraps up and if there's still just a one-point uh, margin between Benfica and Porto, they might start feeling it uh, from the outside, outside noise. But... Uh, I think to start off the season, uh, they'll be okay. Chris, I was talking to uh, Steve Santos. Um, I was actually trading a couple of texts with him uh, before we we started recording. Um, and certainly that it's perhaps the best setting to turn loose young players because they won't be intimidated playing at Stade Luce in front of the crowd. And I mentioned... Uh, the Tavares kid would have been perfect, even though he's already went through his trials and uh, by fire. But 
here's here's a guy that would probably benefit from getting time, and you already mentioned him, Jota. Look, great idea behind it, right? Um, but in an ideal season with Benfica with a nice gap, right, in the standings, yeah, 100%. But as we know, this is a, a sprint, 10 games. Porto's one point ahead of Benfica. Right now, there is no experimental phase. You know what I mean? It's not about let's get this guy some playing time. I think, look, we'd all like to see the Jotas of the world and the young players come up from Seychelles. There's, I believe, eight guys training with the main squad. We'd love to see these guys make their debuts in the whole night. But I believe that will – I think there will be a greater opportunity for that to happen because, as I mentioned before, there's five subs as opposed to three now. But it's only going to happen if Benfica's up by two or three. I mean, even two, I think it's too short, by three goals or more. Maybe Jota now could come in a little bit earlier, maybe a one-goal lead. But at the end of the day, Benfica is going to ride their horses to the finish line. I don't really think right now anyone's making any decisions on future sales or get – right now, Alfredo is all hands on deck. Let's get this lead. Let's try to, you know, go 10 for 10. We can't slip up. Because we're already a point behind. We know Porto's going to do everything they're going to do, intimidation, everything they're going to have to do to make sure that they stay where they're at. Right now, all the great ideas of getting kids into the games, I don't think that they're, I don't even think it's a thought right now. But look, I do agree. I'm not saying you and Steve are wrong. Steve, miss you, by the way. You need to come back on a pod and join us one day. We got to have a conversation. Miss having you on, bud. Hope, you know, you and the family are well. But I just think that this for this 10 game stretch, I think all that's out the window. I don't think they're thinking about any of that. Right. Uh, and Dave, we mentioned before uh, that with the Bundesliga starting, this is the second week, there's been some some injuries, a lot of the muscle injuries as a result of, you know, stepping right into uh, competition and not having a full uh, preseason. Do you think that uh, Benfica's squad is deep enough to um, to overcome any injury to be able to replace a, a, a player? Uh, Chris talks about the, that uh, we've got some depth, but I don't know. We we look. We saw how this team was doing. Again, going back and, and when the injuries did uh, occur, uh, you're one injury away from again being kind of thin in in the center of the mid. Uh, uh, Gabriel goes down. You don't have that player that connects uh, the second the defensive sector to the uh, attacking sector. Um, we've seen our struggles at, at, at right back. I think the only, the only play, uh, position we have some depth is the striker position because we have about five strikers for uh, that position. But center back, again, uh, we had Ferru uh, and Diaz just being rolled out every single game with uh, Jardel uh, hurt. So we got three center backs uh, there. But other than that, I mean, I'm hoping we have no injuries, knock on wood. But um, we're a couple of injuries away from seeing uh, how how um, how deep this uh, this this lineup is. Yeah. I think where we're thin isn't the defense and obviously the goalie, but Dave from midfield up. Even if if Gabriel gets hurt, we've seen they'll slide that out back. You know, you got Flute, you still got Florentini, you still have Samadis. You have options, and you got Shikinu. Shikinu could play either on the right for a PZ. PZ gets hurt. You got Servi. I mean, you have our strikers as you mentioned. We got plenty of those. I think we have plenty of options midfield midfield up. I think the question is, if God forbid a federal uh, uh, Ruben Diaz gets hurt, then we're in trouble. That's where we're thin. But as far as attacking options in midfield, I think we're, we're we're plenty deep there. I don't think there's it's it's a worry at all. It's a concern for anyone on the coaching staff. If things will get real dicey, if God forbid a Vlaco Dimos gets hurt, God forbid a federal, even Grimaldo to a certain extent, 
you know, things then will get very interesting. But I, I, yeah, not yeah. And I, I was going to ask you guys uh, which which positions have you guys been able to identify as some positions that uh, were thin, and I think that you that you mentioned them mentioned them all. Uh, I write back obviously with Andre Almeida being back and and being healthy. Uh, there's a little bit of that there. But in terms of the left back position, uh, that's perhaps uh, what scares me the most. And also in the center of the defense, because yes, Jardel is healthy and Jardel could play. But for a player of his age, and I'm not saying that he's old, uh, usually these guys uh, require a, a more reps in order to reach uh, that point where they're, they're good. They could be consistently good. And I think that Jardel is, is that case. So I'm worried if one of the center backs goes down and also uh, the left back. Um, Why are you worried about left back? We got a guy who's so good at left back, they played play him at right back at the beginning of the season. Think about that. And, and then we never seen him again. Then he's on a milk cart on the Tucson box. Have you seen this guy? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the one I'm really worried about is center back. But even center back, you still got Jardel, who I think is enough. The question with Jardel, will it be in, – in, but I think you answered that question, Alfredo. With the game, with the exception of maybe two times, with the game being played every six days, I, I believe Jardel will be plenty of time, plenty of rest. And again, it's only ten games. It's only ten games. It's, it's not playing 34 games. It's ten games. So I think Jardel, God forbid, any one of those center backs, I think Jardel is still adequate. Goalkeeper, you're really in trouble. And that the right back, because without – uh, I mean, he was being healthy, and, and I was just looking at the cover of the ball or like whatever, one of these newspapers talking about he's back, but he's not back fully 100%, maybe still can't work with the ball at his feet. The right back really stresses me out. Goalkeeper stresses me out. Everything else, I think Benfica's under control, and that's if you believe in, in a Nuno Tavares, which then you could answer my question, right? Chris, if you're worried about a right back, Tavares play there, so I guess a right back, you'll be okay too. It's just more of the goalkeeper than is really the one that's, that's really the head scratch. Yeah. Chris, right off the top of your head, uh, does our squad is our squad deeper than both Porto and Sporting in even yeah, Prague at this point? Don't even. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I do think Benfica is deeper than all of those teams. Um, and I don't think it has anything to do with, with, with the tragedy that we're going through right now. I just think that from, from beginning of the season, the one thing that Porto's real good at is that the few players that they roll out there, they're like 12, 13 deep, really. But you know, come say something. Say what you want. The guy's a pit bull. He gets, he maximizes. He gets the very best out of all these guys at all times. And it seems that Benfica, for one reason or another, they 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 lax things and guys dip their forms. And Benfica didn't. Lodge did not do a good job of rotating um, the players and giving them the adequate uh, rest time. Um, and so I think that's the one thing that concerned. But I think on the roster, one through twenty-two, I think Benfica. Is, is, is the superior team. It's just now they have to put it all together and, and make sure that they show that week in, week out. And and look, let's be fair, that, that still might not be enough because if Porto goes 10 for 10, if he goes 10 for 10, at the end of the day, their point behind it, it's still not enough. Yeah. Uh, one guy that Benfica is not going to be able to count on, at least for the short term, is David Tavares. Uh, he's still, uh, he, he's still uh, COVID uh, positive. Um, so after undergoing treatment, still testing positive. So he's still apart from the team. Um, Benfica today, I got an email from Benfica. Uh, have you guys seen the, the, <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you guys those go to my junk mail? I got those too. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen the masks that Benfica, uh, is going to have for sale? Super dope. That's yeah. all I got. Super dope. You like them? 
I'd buy one, but it's going to be like $138 to ship, and I'll only get it by the summer, maybe 2023, and by then, hopefully, I won't need them. So that's why. Yeah, I'm when the pandemic is over, you'll get these masks. Yeah, yeah by the time the pandemic is over, and uh, I'm going to uh, share my screen with you guys, uh, just so you guys get a feel for what this, uh, what this looks like. Uh, you guys can see my screen, right? Now, do you get the girls with it, too, or is it just the mask? You don't so listen. So you got this one. I get that. This is like uh, a kid, a kid. And you guys are going to pick your, your own. That's Pac-Man, yeah. Yeah, Pac-Man. You got a little little devil uh, chasing uh, COVID uh, particle virus, whatever that is. Uh, then the next one, uh, Aquí no entra. Uh, nothing gets past here. And there's a picture of, uh, of La Codimus. Uh, this one uh, is, uh, I, I like this because uh, I, was just thinking, I was just thinking about this. Whoever comes up with uh, with a design to show the like a smile on the masks, I think it's brilliant because when you talk to people and I'm uh, I wear masks in in a public setting and I and I talk to people, people don't know whether you're smiling, whether you're frowning, whether you're sticking your your tongue out. So I think that having a mask with with some kind of smile or facial expression, well, is what if you're mad? You're going to be smiling. It, it, exactly. People don't know. They think you're always smiling. Do you? What a nice guy. He's always smiling. One thing I like about this is we all know the dental hygiene in Portugal is not the greatest. A lot of people missing teeth. So now they'll get their own full set of teeth. This is brilliant. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> here's, the here's the next one. This one is a, is a classic design. I like, uh, I like this. Uh, I mean, you can't just say I like this. People aren't watching this. They're listening to us. No, so yes, describe this is for us. This is for us. So this is as the, the SL, SLB. Uh, if you you guys could go on the, on the Bifika website and look for for that. That's uh, on top. Yeah. Be in the middle L on the lower left. Right. So, yeah, it's super dope. I like yeah. this one. I like it's simple. Like, I like it. The next one has a classic Cosm uh, Damião mustache. Which I, I like this one. I think this might be my my favorite one. It's for the young bucks, the guys with the peach fuzz, like Dave. You know, Dave's got a nice mustache. <laughs> the, the young guys that can't grow it. Uh, this this is a good good look. Good look. That's right. If you ever wanted to have a, a handlebar mustache, this is the time. Um, this one, uh, kind of cartoonish. Uh, this is I like, get the theme. This is something you get on uh, Fortnite, right, Dave? This yeah, is some yeah yeah There's some some something arcadey. Like that, and it again, it just says SLB, but uh, yeah, the Fortnite theme. Wow, in the back, the stars yeah. in the back, yeah, like it's it's cool. Yeah, and uh, this one looks like your uh, the underwear you wear on the weekends, Chris. Leopard print. This is yo, how, Alfred, how you know about that? I, I've seen you. That's right, you've been to my house. Yeah, that, that day you were, tava as sardinhas cafara no barbecue and wearing your uh, banana hammocks. That's what he would have had to wear if uh, Varela got sold for fifteen million. Shut up, Dave. That's right. Here's your, like <laughs> Here's your next one. This is this this is a bit seduct seductive, right? This is a, a girl's mouth, and she's biting her bottom lip. And uh, the the thing the, the thing is that uh, the color of the mask is like skin color, so this could be very deceiving. I can't look at this too long because this is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's. I like, look, they're all pretty decent with the exception of that leopard. What does the leopard one have to do with anything? I don't. I have no idea. This is for the, the, the guys that are more, uh, that are more trendy. Met I don't metro, know. Metrosexual. Yeah. No, that's fine. I'm a metrosexual, but nothing, but every single one of these with the SO, with the mustache, they've all got the SO. Oh, it's got the SO bottom right. You can't even see it. Look, it took me forever to yeah, see it. It's the passionators. It's the passionators. 
a limpar. Isso é para limpar as casas de banho. É para as senhoras. É, isso é yeah. this, this leopard print in, in multiple colors. I don't like it. Yeah. So which one is your, is your favorite? That's it? You went through them all? That's it. Go one more, one more, one more. Go one more turn? Yeah, yeah right there. All right, so let, wait. Uh, oh, this, so okay, that's not. I was just start with this it. one. This was the first one. This is the cartoonish one. Uh, then you got the Kino Entra with Flacodimus. Nope. Definitely not that one. That one's super tacky. Um, this one with the perfectly cartoon teeth, white teeth. Uh, then you got the classic one with the uh, SLB initials. Um, then you got the one with the Cosm Damiel uh, mustache. This personally is my favorite. Uh, then you have the one with the uh, letters SLB, but like cartoonish Fortnite, as you mentioned. Uh, then we have the the sexy the the sex the sexy the sexy leopard print ones, um, and then you got the the mouth the the seduct seductive mouth of a young lady. My favorite is the the the, the SLB the regular SLB just because I get to to show off. You know, my, my affection for my club, and you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that's Benfica represents what we love and it's flamboyant. I, 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 this, this one, I think, would be, would be my choice if I had the opportunity to get one by, you know, the next week as opposed to 2023. This would yeah. be the one I would order. I know, um, I, I know what, you know what they're missing here, uh, Cristiano, is one that, ha that would have, like, the beak of an eagle. Yeah, that'd be, that, that's a good idea. That's a good idea, right? There's, there's, I've seen, I've seen homemade ones that are super dope, with people that have, you know, put different logos and whatnot in it. I, I think it's, it's, it's been a brilliant idea. None of these is really like, oh my god, we need to get our hands on them. But you know, I mean, look, it's, it's, you know, it's a way for them to, 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 to make a couple of uh, screws on the side. And, and I think if it was me, this would be the one I choose, Dave. Which one? Yeah, you probably go Fortnite, Dave. Huh? You go with the Fortnite look. Leopard print all day, Dave. Dave froze. He's got that Steve internet. We mentioned Steve and Dave's internet froze. Ay, ay, ay. Trudeau. All right. <laughs> we'll get back to uh, to Dave. Yeah, we'll get Dave's thoughts on that in a little while. All right. Um, so anyway, next uh, next up on the on the discussion here, uh, power just went out. There you go. Beautiful. Power just went out. Another jet must, must have fallen in Canada on top Kevin, of some kind of power lines. Kevin must have run his uh, snow snowmobile into the generator over there. Could be, could be. Uh, lastly, on the Bifica front, um, Pedrinho will join the team in July, uh, which will be good. Uh, he will get to acclimate himself with the team, train with the team. Uh, Laj will get to, uh, to watch him, and he'll see whether or not he's going to be able to uh, count on him. Wasn't he going to join the team in July anyway? <laughs> he was, but now he gets to join the team in a setting where the team will be competing, right? Season, yes, while they're competing in real games, yes, 100%. Uh, on the, the, the transfer slash rumor front, Pedro Pereira, who was uh, a right back at one point at Benfica, didn't work out, and he himself admitted that he felt the weight of the shirt. Uh, he's been he was on he's on loan at Bristol City uh, in the English Championship, and it looks like he's going to remain there. The club are are uh, have have expressed their intent on keeping him. Uh, Florentino and Paqueta deal. I like I like to give Pedro Pereira another look at Benfica. By the I way. would like, too, man. 
for preseason and then let's see what we got there because we see our, our right back position is is not something that's very strong. I know Tomas Tavares got tremendous future, so does Pedro Pereira. Almeida's getting a little bit old, so I, I do think I do think it'd be a good idea to bring him back and uh, let's kick the tires once again and see if we have something there. Moving on, Alfredo, you're moving to Paqueta and and and, uh, and Florentino. What do you, I know that you're very much in favor of this. Love Florentino, but if I get a paquete on Benfica, I mean, come on, that guy will solve tremendous amount of of uh, of uh, <laughs> tremendous amount of uh, problems for this roster. He's he's a tremendous player, uh, attacking. He control the game. He could score. He could set up his teammates. He's a tremendous player. And I know some people on Twitter, man. This is lately I've been off Twitter. I just I, I think I made a point of it to stay away from it because I just don't understand people's thought process. But apparently, because he was a flop at Milan, he's gonna you know. We don't want to kick the time. I mean, look, the guy was good on the first head coach when he got there. Once they changed on to Pioli, he hasn't really fit into a system. Doesn't mean he's been a flop. I mean, he's he's still a tremendous talent. And I think if Benfica could get a player of that caliber to come into Stade de Luz, come into Lisbon, put him on this team, let him play his football. This is the type of player who's still young enough that Benfica could turn around if their intent, and we all know, which is to make money off of these guys. You can still turn around and sell this guy um, for, for a tremendous amount of money. He is a tremendous player. Um, I, Alfredo, I, I mean, if we could get him, I'd be doing uh, backflips just like I did when we got Jonas, if you recall. Yeah, the biggest thing I would say uh, that presents an obstacle is perhaps his, uh, his salary, um, yep. I think. Um, I mean, he's going to have suitors. He's going to have suitors. But I do think the one thing that positions Benfica um, you know, positions them right here to get him to, 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 to potentially get him is the fact that Rui Costa is an admirer of his. Rui Costa tried to sign him from Flamengo before he went to Milan for 30 million. Obviously, Benfica was going to compete with that price. So, you know, that Benfica and Rui Costa looks at him and, and, as a player that they could, uh, is absolutely useful and that they could add to this club. Rui Costa's relationship with AC Milan, we know, is brilliant. And the other thing, I think the one thing that really puts Benfica at the front of the line is their interest in Florentino. If they could find a way to to, 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 you know, make a deal around Florentino and Paqueta coming back the other way. I don't know. You know, obviously, I in my mind, I think Benfica would have to throw in a couple of bucks as well as yeah. opposed to receiving Paqueta and money. I think it'd be Florentino and money for Paqueta. Uh, but I do think that Benfica is in a good position because of all these three things I just mentioned. Rui Costa, their yeah. relationship. Rui Costa likes them and Florentino. They're very interested in them. So let's yeah, see what happens. Let's see what happens. This is a tremendous player. Benfica would absolutely be getting a real number 10, a guy that could bring a lot of smiles to us. Yeah, definitely the Rui Costa involvement is something that we have swaying on our side. So let's see if we can make that uh, deal happen. Uh, Lema, uh, Christian Lema, will, uh, is looking to stay at Newell's. He's a Benfica player, but uh, he doesn't want to return, obviously. Uh, Mitro Glu. Uh, was uh, rumored to be uh, on his way back to uh, Portugal uh, from a French outlet, but apparently now he also has uh, interested parties uh, in Turkey. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm, look, man, and I'm sorry to, to to go off on this to to to, to steer you know off of where you want to go, right? But here's my thing. Who in the in their right mind thought that this is a good rumor? I mean, think about this. Benfica doesn't want 31 year old. Nico Gaetan, because he doesn't fit their scheme. 
right? But a 31, a 32-year-old Mitroglou, when Benfica already has an assortment of freaking strikers, that makes sense. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. At least do something believable, something that could get me excited. This does not – look, thank you for the goal you scored against Braga. Thank you for the goal you scored against – thank you for all the happiness you brought us. But, my man, that ship has sailed. You have no spot on our team. If Fonico Gaetan is not brought back, my man, look, you, you got to get in line. Just makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people out there still longing for uh, Mitroglu and muitas saudades do Mitroglu. Eu também tenho saudades do Nenê e Nenê can't play for Benfica today. Let it go. Let it go. Bora. Yeah, but Chris, uh, speaking of returns, man, looks like David Luiz is going to be free at the end of his contract. Uh, I know that he's a personal favorite of yours, uh, logically, and you thinking you with your, your Benfica hat on, not your fanboy hat on, is... Is this a uh, is this a good return for Benfica if he de- if he decides to uh, tremendous? Return. It would have been it'd be a tremendous get for Benfica. Tremendous get for Benfica on many levels, right? One, the experience. He's the guy bleeds Benfica through and through. The experience that he has, the experience, the knowledge he's going to be able to tutor the youngsters at Benfica and tutor that back line. I think he's got a tremendous amount of of, of potential, tremendous amount of knowledge that could he infuse and pass down to the youngsters and you know to teach these because Benfica, as we know, they want to promote from within, and so this is a guy that's going to be in the locker room that all these kids are playing with him on PlayStation. I've seen him in Champions League finals. I've seen him play in the EPL. I've seen him play at Paris Saint-Germain. These guys will all be very much influenced by the Luis. So I think it makes all the sense in the world. If Benfica can get it done, get it done. Now, the part that leaves me on the outside kind of like looking at it with, you know, with, with the smirk or kind of looking at it, confiado, I should say, is I was very disappointed in David Luis last season. I actually have had the opportunity to tell him that. And he just smiled. He didn't say much. But I've told him, which was, I really thought he would have joined Benfica this past summer, the summer of 2019, when his contract expired with Chelsea. Um, there's been a lot of talk of, as we've seen, he's been on interviews with Pilado and he's been on plenty of other interviews. If you don't know, if you, if you, if you, uh, if you don't know what, what I'm talking about, check him out on YouTube. Pilado, get the interview we did with David Luiz. is absolutely phenomenal if you're, if you're a Benfiquista. Um, David Luiz talks about his profound love for Benfica. And so I thought, we're going to get him. This is our opportunity to get my boy back. Uh, you know, Benfica can still use him. Uh, he's still young enough. And for all the reasons I mentioned before. And then he resigned with Chelsea for another two seasons. And, you know, I was disappointed. But at the same time, I understood. He resigned, he resigned with his current club. And, you know, I really can't hate on him for that, right? Disappointed, but I couldn't hate on him for that. Where I got disappointed with Luis is, he obviously did not fit. I don't understand why they resigned them, but he didn't fit into Frank Lampard, the new Chelsea head coach. They didn't see eye to eye. So at the end of the day, he was, you know, made available for transfer by, by Lampard. And Lampard said, look, if he wants to leave, he can leave. I don't count on him no more. And there I thought, okay, mate, here we go again. There's an opportunity for him to come to Benfica. And he chose to go to Arsenal. And that's where it's left me with a sour taste in my mouth, right? Because I could, I could see... Right, I could kind of understand you resigning with your club that you've been with for the last couple of years. You know, you're comfortable. I get it. I, I understand. You know, you you feel like you're indebted to your teammates. You you know, you have this connection with your teammates already. You've been a part of a team. You know that relationship you have. So I, I I get it. But then when things fall off the end of a cliff, and you know your love for Benfica, here's your second opportunity. Right, you have your second opportunity to return to Benfica within a couple of months, and you chose to go to Arsenal as opposed to coming to Benfica. It's kind of left me with with doubts right now as, as if he's gonna come. Look, I would love I would love to have him, and if he does, I'll be I'll be grateful and I'll be very happy, very happy I should say. But 
Again, because of those reasons I just gave you, I, I won't believe it until I see it. Actually, you know, when I don't I see recall. It, uh, I don't recall the situation, but was there interest from Benfica to bring him back? I'm pretty sure Benfica. Look, Benfica is never going to turn W. Luis away. All right, I, I think they, they turned Gaetan away. That's Gaetan. I think you they know, turned Renat Sanchez away. I think that's 25 mil. This guy's basically on the cheap. And so, look, Gaetan, Renat Sanchez is totally different because it's going to take a lot of money. Gaetan is the one guy that really leaves me, you know, disappointed in Benfica because he's basically free. Benfica could have gotten him a guy that loves Benfica. But I think the difference is Benfica really needs a center back. And center backs is really, I'm afraid, as, we, as you've seen, is the older guys, a lot of those guys that tend to stick around are a little bit older as the center backs. And he's always, since day one, that he's left Benfica, he's always blushed and he's always, you know, professed his love of Benfica to the world. And I think Benfica appreciates The guy, Don, has been, he left and he left. You understand what I'm saying? Quiet. Just, you know, talk about Benfica when, when he was mentioned. David Luiz, same thing with Ederson. They come back every time they get a day off. Benfica, you know, Milo Sinti Cuatro Febrero, like, you know, the, the, the anniversary. They, all the messages, they win titles, met, like, you know, he's always been very involved from afar. No matter where he was at, he's always represented Benfica. And I think that, that, that's been endearing to Benfica. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. Short answer, I would take him. Uh, my biggest concern is, again, is salary. What kind of salary does he, uh, does he ask for? And two, two and a half. The other thing is that uh, if he comes in, uh, Ruben Diaz doesn't leave. Does does now does he now stunt Ferro's growth and evolution? No, I, I think I think now you can rotate those guys and not have those guys tired. And I think he'd be he'd be tremendous. He'd be tremendous to teach. I mean, look, my dream would be to, to, to keep Ferro and Ruben Diaz with with Adobe Luis in order for him to take them under their wing and, and really tour these guys and, and and you know and get these guys to, to, to the next level. I think that'd be a dream come true for everyone involved. But I do think if he does come, I do think that the writing's on a wall. I don't I don't think we'll be seeing Ruben Diaz on, on, on the roster much longer. So it's kinda you know, it, it's sweet and sour. Sweet to have him. Sour that Ruben, a guy that we've uh, grown to appreciate so much. Every figure guy that wears his emotions on his sleeve, he'll most likely be leaving out the door. Yeah. Just a couple more items uh, before we close out. Uh, two uh, opposing candidates have now put their, uh, their hat in the ring to run against Luis Fliviera in October. Rui Gomes da Silva being one of them. And the other one, Bruno Costa Carvalho. Again, uh, he's the one guy, the one opposition that has, has been coming up every uh, election for the past couple of years, he has mentioned, and he feels that this this is his uh, situation. Look, and, Yeah, but he can't run. <laughs> I mean, like, but, like, according to the, the statues, he's not a member, he's not a saucy for 20, he's been a saucy for 18 years. So, like, I don't, it's like me. I've been a saucy for a few, like, like I just can't run. Like it doesn't matter. Like I, I don't understand. Like it's again, I just, it's, there's always something that's backwards. The only guy that's legitimate, and I don't even think he's got a great chance, but the only guy that can make it, it's, it's, it's Rigom Zasil because he meets the statues, right? Yeah. This guy doesn't meet him. So how the hell, like, how's he going to run? I get it that, 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 that Aurelius switched everything around a favor. I get it. But look, that's, that's the way it is now. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll see what happens, but uh, I, I don't know. Say something about him. You're gonna say oh, well, something. Well, uh, Bruno Costa Carvalho, man, he's a name that always uh, that always pops up, man. Uh, you know, and he kind of he's looked at as kind of like as a as a joke. Really, doesn't have as much credibility as Rui Gomes da Silva has. 
but I think that Rui Gomes da Silva is also a polarizing fi- uh, um, uh, figure. Figure, because even um, the guys that are against that are against Luis Felipeira have a problem with Rui Gomes da Silva. Uh, so the guys that say, well, I hate Vieira, I just want Vieira out of there, they don't look at Rui Gomes da Silva as a viable option. Bro, I get mad at you. Not mad, but I, I, I don't like your answer to me every time I talk to you about this when it comes to presidents. And you're like, you know, but Rui Gomes da Silva's got this. And not that you dislike him, but you always give me the positives and the negatives about even Carvalho, right? And my thing is, you know, you're like, I don't think because, like, as you just mentioned, there's opposition. Even the guys against Vieira are opposed to Rui Gomes da Silva. But the one thing that, that, that gets me mad is, bro, there's millions and millions of Benfiquistas, and we can't come up with two slapdicks or three slapdicks that are better than these guys? I mean, are you, like, you really can't come up with some can't? There's not a smart person in the world that's a Benfiquista that really wants to be involved. There's only these three men in the world that want to be involved in me. I mean, I just, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. It, look, I think that it requires money uh, in order for you to have a campaign uh, because you can't just be a guy sitting behind your computer saying, I'm going to go for president uh, and not campaign, not make appearances, not travel, not do this, not do that. You know, all that stuff costs money. I don't know how many people are willing to um, spend their money, right, or spend any donations money in a race that they might think that they will never win against Luis Lufiera. That's that's my whole thing. You know, this Brun Carvalho, he just keeps coming up. But you're right. The statues don't allow him to run, uh, but he keeps coming up. But so why is he running? So, like, I don't get it. If it, it, and I, Look, I understand his point, right? Well, not just his, but a lot of people have been critical of Luis Rivera for changing these, these statues, right? Uh, but unless you change them back to whatever it was before, right, it's, you just don't fit the criteria. You don't meet no. the criteria. It is what it is. So, yeah. like, save your money. Get Radio, whatever it was called, and get the FM back on and, you know, get get that invest that money in the Radio and get those guys back on as opposed to wasting your money on a, on a you know, on, on a race that you know you, you're not going to win because even if you get the votes, you don't meet the criteria. Yeah, it was a good thing that Radio Stadio uh, folded when they did because I, they would have, they wouldn't survive this period without uh, without football. A um, couple more things before we go around the league. Marcano, uh, big uh, knee injury. He won't be. Uh, he won't play again this season. Uh, so that's a big blow for Porto because he's always been a, a very crucial and central piece uh, in that uh, defense. And the other one uh, that everybody's curious is the Ruben Amorim factor. Uh, how much is Ruben Amorim going to be able to uh, influence? Uh, sporting uh, and sporting uh, getting the results right now. Braga leads sporting by four points. Uh, Ruben Amorim, as you know, left Braga to move to sporting. They will um, lost since he's arrived. Tremendous yeah. job. Man. That's right. So we'll, we'll see how that works and how that uh, plays out in the, in the rest of the season. And that's all. Uh, that's all we really got. Um, don't forget to uh, check out Benfica Independent. Uh, also, if you like this, the stuff that's being done, we are proud founding members of that project. If you have, uh, if you want to check it out, if you want to be a Patreon, it's all there. 
you've heard Cristiano. I got one. I got a recording of Cristiano that I need to add as a promo. Uh, but uh, yeah, BenficaIndependent.com is where you can find all the the latest and greatest. And as the league takes up and as Benfica comes back to uh, life, if I could use that expression, um, definitely will be busier on there. I think everybody's eager. Uh, to have football back and to be Go able Benfica. to watch Benfica. Do what you got to do, follow, do what you got to do, subscribe. I mean, you're, you're supporting a great cause. You're supporting an independent project. No bias at all. With yeah, the there's no agenda. Benfica, they, I shouldn't say bias because we're all biased because we're Benficistas, of course. <laughs> but there's no agenda, all right? We're all doing this for the right reasons. We're trying to get the Benficistas as much information as possible, get to to share the ins and outs of, of, of what it is to be Benficista, the information that we need to get out. So yeah, do what you got to do, man. You're supporting a great cause. And this is not for me to go get, you know, a manicure or a pedicure. This is for the cost of running these websites because, as we know, they're 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 not cheap and they're pricey. And so it takes takes money to get these things done. So uh, support it. Uh, we'll greatly appreciate it. You might even get a, a pair of them uh, leopard underwear signed by me. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> People are rushing to the, to, the, to the computers right now. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you can find Cristiano on Twitter, at 10CO10. I'm sure he'll be more active once the league kicks off, and you can talk uh, more Befica. At Befica Podcast is where you can find the podcast uh, on Twitter. At 87DO87 is where you can find David, which unfortunately, unfortunately couldn't, couldn't join us back because he lost power in Canada. Uh, but uh, it's all good. Next week, we will be back. We will be previewing the Tondela game, right? Benfica plays against Tondela. We might have a guest. We might. We don't yeah, want to. We might have a guest. Yeah, we, we don't want to set up the expectations. But, uh, you know, we always, um, we always bring uh, uh, good guests on. And uh, people enjoy being on. Um, speaking of that, man, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, having uh, our, our last guest, uh, Anton uh, on Sergio Anton. Uh, Sergio Anton on um, really really uh, was really happy to, uh, to 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 share his experience and and certainly the experience goes a lot a lot more than than just having played uh, with a lot of the, the guys that you see on the main team now uh, certainly uh, a Canadian going to Portugal. Uh, in a new world, so on and so forth, all of that stuff, man. That that's great, man. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, definitely go listen to that. And and also that uh, Hawker soccer training, uh, check that out. Also, that's all for us. We'll be back next week. Next week we'll be back on Tuesday, regular scheduled day. And like I said, uh, looking to get back into the swing of things with the preview with Tondela and so on and so forth. And then the league kicks off, and and we'll have uh, Benfica to talk about finally. So I'm excited, Cristiano. Same here. Same here. Enjoy, everybody. Wash your hands. Talk to you next week. Take care. Later.